Well, welcome back to another episode of the Miles Driven with me, Miles. And me, Sam, reporting live from Honda HQ. From Honda HQ? Yeah. Sam's a bit upset, everyone, because I made him turn the fan off. <laughs> um, you didn't sound upset. No, you didn't. But I thought I'd get that in that you weren't oh, okay. upset. Yeah. <laughs> Just in case we get sort of halfway through this podcast, think, has Sam drifted off and fallen asleep? Or like, <laughs> no, he's just in protest. That it's, uh... No, I just, I just know what Miles is going to be talking about. This yes. Yeah. Uh, today we're going to do a, a bit of a finance special. APRs, doesn't matter really what country <laughs> you're in. Yeah. It doesn't really matter what country you're in. Um, interest rates going up. Some people will be worried a bit about what that means for their next car finance deal. So it's just going to be a few tips on. A, ways to get the best deal, and B, so the things to concentrate on when you are looking at your next car from the point of view of finance, because I know it's one of those ongoing issues for a lot of people. They're a bit nervous about trying to negotiate a deal, and then yeah. once finance gets thrown in and it becomes a bit more complicated... Best just go and find something else. Yes, exactly <laughs> that, yeah. Uh, but first off, Sam has got some news from Honda HQ. I do. Thanks, Miles. You join me here at Honda HQ, where uh, Honda have been teasing their 2023 Civic Type R for months. Um, they have been releasing pictures of camouflaged prototypes, Miles. They have. Since October 2021. I've had to report on some it's of them. It's a long time. Yeah. But, however, we have finally got our first peek at the finished product, along with an official reveal date of July 20th. Which is only a couple of weeks. Well, actually, uh, when this comes out, it'll be it would, a it few days. Happened. No, it would have happened. It would have happened. Yeah. There you go. So we're we're having to... Re- so back to the studio. There we go, yeah. I, I'm, so this is the uh, car that Sam and I have a difference of opinion of, because Sam thinks it's a... Saloon car. Yeah. Which it is. And I think it's hatchback, because it's a saloon that's car. what it is. So It's a saloon car. I would be really interested to know what they price this car at. I really am interested. £47,000. Yeah. <laughs> no, the main thing is because it's not going to be... So you can bookmark that yes. in a few weeks' time. It's not going to be hybrid from what I understand at all, which should keep the price but to be... Kudos sick. to Honda. Yeah, it should be. But then I don't know if they're going to be able to make it for too long in Europe and the UK. No, it's probably going to be full of... electric and not hybrid. <laughs> oh, can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I think I've seen a picture of a uh, gear. Smoke and mirrors. Yeah, it could well be. No, they've developed the world's first electric engine that has a gearbox. Uh, there is actually a company that is doing manual electric cars. They've developed the second car yes. in the world. <laughs> but they don't only do it as a conversion. No one's doing it as a production. Oh, okay. Um, it's they've developed bit... the first production car in the world. Yeah. It's just a bit odd because if you, once you put, I mean, electric cars could probably benefit from two gears because you can have like a high gear. Yeah, like low. A, for like motorway cruising. Exactly that. And I, I find it a bit bizarre that more cars, because we know that range really drops off when you're doing higher speeds in electric versus yeah. town driving. I don't really understand why they haven't put in a second high gear, mm-hmm. which would be rubbish below, say, 50. Yeah. But could save a lot because no one would care if they're, you know, if you can cruise at 70 and get good fuel economy, uh, yeah, fuel economy good range. Yeah, then you're happy, aren't you? Yeah. And you can always shift down. If you want to make a, a fast overtake, or you can lock it in lower gear. Yeah. I mean, like diffs work. On, yeah. You know, you can just lock it in low range or high range or whatever you want to do. So you just lock it in first if you just want to be able to go quick. Like keep all the diff people happy. Would. There we go. Well, we've, we've solved that, Sam. Well, here you go. Here we are, Miles Driven, solving world problems one by one. Yes. <laughs> Starting next, off. next up, global warming. Yeah. <laughs> we've done diffs straight to global warming. <laughs> um, but no, I'd be interested to know what it comes out price wise. Just. I hope it's not going to be ridiculous because 
it's going to... £47,000. No, I think he'll be in the 30s, and I just hope it's mid-30s, but I think I might be hoping a bit too much. Probably. Probably won't be releasing it in this country either. Oh, you, can you imagine? Or you? Yeah, can you imagine? They, they called Nissan, and Nissan said, oh, it's great. We didn't release it there. Miles winched about it. and uh, Should have seen the publicity we got yes. from podcasts. Yes. <laughs> of people saying, why is it not here? <laughs> um, so finance, car finance. I'm going to go sleep. Yeah. Wake me up if you need me. <laughs> there's, there's just two ways to look at this. There's new and used purchases. And I think, you know, obviously this isn't uh, you know, some sort of end, of, you know, be all end all of advice. It's just having well, it's worked. What you usually profess you are. Yeah, I know. But when you have to be really careful with finance, you have oh, to be okay. really oh, well, careful. Yeah, people could see you when they go bankrupt. Exactly that. You have to be careful on what you're saying. And it's basically, this is some experience that I've had from working the most trade. Apply it as you will at your own peril, basically. And it's not me. Um... Disclaimer, Siren. Disclaimer, there Siren. We go, yeah. <laughs> but the, the key things, and I think a lot of people don't get this and they apply it the wrong way around. When you go to buy a brand new car, because, and we're talking a brand new one. Mm-hmm. Because those are usually the most expensive, with the yeah. exception of, say, classics or really desirable Porsches and Ferraris, generally a new car is expensive as that car is ever going to be. Yeah. And so because that it's got a high list price, people think, oh, well, that's where I want to get a discount off the list price because the list price is high and it makes a lot of sense. So I want to get that figure down. Yeah. But if you walk into a dealer and you try to negotiate on... The list price of a new car there's what will eventually happen is you'll sort of move around a little bit on that price and then you're locked into everything else because you've yeah. already done your negotiating mm-hmm. if you're financing what i'd always advise is go on the website for whatever car you're looking for so let's say you're looking for a mazda 3 yep you go on mazda's website great they, choice yeah it is a good choice uh you'll be able to go on Mazda's website and there will be a finance calculator for you just to see a basic example. So let's just say their example is you have to put a £4,000 deposit and you can have £400 a month. Yeah. Now you know that. Okay. And that's with, let's say, they might have a deposit contribution, they might have a low APR rate, whatever the deal is. You just jot that down and then you can say, okay, A, what can you afford? Mm Because you might be able to afford that. Yeah. But if you want a deal... You then say, okay, if I go in with a slightly lower deposit and with a slightly lower payment target, yeah, and I get what I want, i.e. the specification and everything else, then they're going to have to do, you know, the dealer themselves are going to have to do the deal in the background. Yeah. Because when the manufacturer sets the, uh, the deal up, if they say, for example, we're offering low APRs over three years, and hit the uh, microphone, Sam. You did. <laughs> You're wild gesticulating yeah. with your hands as usual. Yeah. If if they say, you know, we can offer this deal, but the customer has to take it over 36 months, uh, so that's what you need to sell them on. Yeah. They can't then go and try and sell you a five-year deal because they won't get that. That Sam squeaking around in his yeah. chair. He, I think he's just trying to get comfortable so he can fall asleep. No, I'm just trying to get comfortable so I don't fall asleep. Yeah, um, yeah so they... they they will say it's three years only. And so if someone comes in and says, I want a four-year deal, they then can't get that headline right. okay. figure. Yeah. Yeah? Mm-hmm. The, the crucial thing for you is if you're then walking in and you say, well, I've seen this deal online, can you do it? Well, obviously, I can do it because otherwise it wouldn't be advertised by the manufacturer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you set your sights below that, and I would say don't go in and try and get half off because 
no one's offering 50% no i mean that's just ridiculous and and of course the first thing you're going to hear at the moment is shortages demand blah blah i can tell you don't just let that be the end of your negotiation unless you desperately need to buy this car as in your car has failed you've decided to buy a brand new mazda 3 you need it now you need to get to work on monday it is impossible to get to work in any other way because you live in the middle of a desert it can only be the mazda 3 (laughs) yes and it can only be that car then okay you're a bit stuck okay but otherwise go in with some figures in mind so test drive the car make sure you like it now I think Sam, did I say four thousand pound, four hundred pound a month was the the yeah. example you'd seen online? If that's the case, what you can always do is say to the salesman, "Okay, I don't really want to put that much amount of deposit down, so get the figures, put your deposit that you're comfortable with." So let's say it's three thousand pounds, and then say, "And if you could knock say twenty pounds off the payment a month." Yeah. Now at this point, you've they've already shown you if there is, for example, a deposit contribution. Mm-hmm. they've shown you the apr so you they can't go and fiddle these figures behind the door anymore because no. you've seen them yeah and if they change you'll be able to spot that mm-hmm. now most likely someone's gonna say i can't do it because for a variety of reasons every salesman well, especially knows, if you're a master dealer especially if you're a master dealer they can't <laughs> do anything apart from mats yeah <laughs> um, i will throw in some free mats free free they cost me £17 from the parts department. Yeah. Free to you. Something use, that uh, we usually chuck in anyway. Yes. Um, yeah, the, the, the best thing to do is to sort of putting a target that you don't think is going to be possible firsthand. You know, it's not going to be like, oh, if you can do it at 390 and yeah. I put down 38 as a deposit, so £200 off the deposit and £10 less a month. Yeah, I'd say dealer's just going to nod for that to get, yeah. to get a deal done. Yeah. Try for for something a little bit optimistic, and that's up to you to decide because you might want extras and all these sort of stuff. So the maths. I'm coming in, and I am willing to put down <laughs> three thousand five hundred. Yeah. Okay. And three fifty a month. That's 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 actually what I would probably suggest. Ah, there you go. See, I'm basically a pro at finance you are. already. <laughs> because at that point, someone said, "I've got to knock." So you've got to knock five hundred quid off to yeah. get the deposit in, and then you've got a uh, fifty pounds a month over three years is just over. 1500 it's 1800 pounds mm-hmm. roughly so it's not too much it, no, it's within the realms of what can be done leaving enough on the table for the dealer to make their money because yeah I've they've, had, obviously, they've obviously got to make money so. I've, I've had it before and you know i can tell you the quick story of someone came in and they basically wanted to leave me nothing on the table so they basically in, in my example they would have said oh i'll give you three three grand a month and 300 down and then stuck i imagine it. they probably would have said i'll give you three grand and 300 a month yeah not i'll give you three grand a month and 300 because oh, <laughs> <laughs> i imagine at that I point you taken said, that deal <laughs> you know what i'll go get the I, keys <laughs> i can stretch to it yeah with some extras <laughs> are you willing to do three thousand one hundred a month <laughs> yeah. um the the the, ki- the critical thing for that is when you do that for a start, you get a salesman's backup because salesman look well, you may have a different opinion of them a view of them it's not you're running around all day long and you're working yeah and you have to get paid for that and you're paid on commission you get a basic usually but really where you earn your income is on commission and if someone just comes in and says i want you to earn no money but i want you to work just as hard for a start they were the worst deals i ever did (laughs) i I had uh, there's a few times we've done it and it's because someone would walk in and by their own good fortune they turned up on a day where we had to hit a, a particular target by 
you know, the next week or whatever. We needed every deal through the door and we were just willing to do anything because we would get a, as a dealer, a larger bonus for selling X number of cars in X period of time. So say within three months, selling 100 brand new Mazda 6s, Mm -hmm. just to use a a different example, Um, or BMW X5s, you know, selling new chassis. Yeah. There would be a bonus to that and it would outweigh us, you know, losing a bit of money on the car. But salesmen hate to do them. They generally, um, they generally are more hassle than they're worth to most salesmen. So all you'll do for a salesman, he'll or she will just back off and be like, "Okay, well, why don't you go out and see what figures you can get and come back to me?" That would be yeah. the response because it's like, let someone else do the hard work on that, mm-hmm. and if I have to, I'll look at it. Yeah, and you'll get that response from everyone, really, unless someone's desperate. We used to see a few failed dealers that did the had the idea of we can make enough money just on the on the bonus from the manufacturer okay for selling uh x number of units mm-hmm. and so what they would do is they would offer all the money off the car all right. the profits gone you know they would offer the cheapest well the finance deals were usually pretty fixed by the manufacturer mm-hmm. so you know but yeah all the money's out the car all the profit everything great for the customer fantastic deal for the customer Customer service from them would be pretty average because your salesman is earning zero. Yeah, so and they're, they're not bothered. They don't care. They'll, they'll get a bonus at the end of that three months if they hit that overall target. Yeah. But unlike as a salesman who's earning commission based on the numbers that they hit, i.e. they themselves hit, yeah. you need the whole dealer to hit that. So right, you can okay. work really hard, but if... you know Everybody else in the team is just sat around eating a McDonald's breakfast. Then why would you bother? Because yeah. you're like, well, we're not going to hit the target. So why would I try hard when I'm not going to get paid any extra for doing so? Which is why if you go to bigger, non-dealer specific places, mm. you'll get asked by every by four or five different salesmen. You all right, can I help you? Yeah, of course, because they earn the commission themselves. Yeah, they earn the commission, but also they've got the potentially bigger stuff that if they all sell good, then they'll get bigger bonuses. There, then there would be a, an So there's an element of teamwork. There is. But there's also a lot of solo. Yeah. And so generally what would happen is if you've got a good relationship and you need the right bunch of people, you need to be around each other for quite a while, you need to trust each other that people won't steal deals. I mean, you can get a feeling for this type of dealer within a minute of walking in the door. (laughs) If you get daggers, you know, just staring at you as you come through the door, this is not pally pally. No. If it's sort of like friendly, people are smiling and sort of, oh, how's it going? And you have one or two different people talk to you and you're sort of handed off in sort of a friendly way of, mm-hmm. oh, you know, actually it's better that so-and-so speaks to you. They know a bit more about this car. Yeah. That's where there's a bigger bonus overall. And so they'll try and get the person who's best, the best fit for you to do that deal with you. Uh, in some, and in well, in many places, it's dog eat dog. Yeah. So the problem with these places that hand off all the profit is that then you'll go into your local dealer and say so-and-so are offering, you know, four thousand pounds off the car, <laughs> which means I can get, you know, three twenty a month with three three thousand down. And you're just like, well, that would leave me absolutely nothing, and I still have to do all the same work. So, uh, go to the other dealer. I don't understand why people would come back to you at that point because surely it's like, well, you're obviously going to say, well, go and do it there then. Uh, the I've got a helicopter flying over us, Sam. I have. 
Very low. But, so yeah. what? That's good for the recording. Yeah. <laughs> so what they're saying is, I, I found this great deal, but I want to do the business with you guys. Yeah, because maybe it's... hoping you'll go. We can beat that by ten pound a month. That's exactly what. Yeah, and. And Until you just keep going backwards and forwards and you get the car for £10. Yes. <laughs> I've seen that before. It was a great one. A customer, he wasn't my customer. <laughs> he, he'd done a deal with someone else in the so dealership. So what you're saying is you were just stealing people's... No, no, I, I was kind enough to do the delivery for right, the okay. guy I was working with because he had a day off. Right, okay. So I could have said, no, do your own deliveries. And he would have yeah. to come in on his day off for two hours, you know, suit up, do the delivery, and then go... Oh, so you couldn't, you couldn't just turn up in... No. If you're doing smart, a smart casual wear. No, if you're doing a handover, you need to be as if you're working. That's mad. Yeah, and that's the problem is sometimes a customer has uh, you know, they they can only do Tuesday afternoon for whatever reason. Yeah. They can only come in on Tuesday afternoon and it's the one day of the week you always have off. Right, okay. And you're in a position then where it's like, well, you know, that's part of the job. Yeah. You need to get them delivered if you have uh, good relationships with the dealer, then someone will say I'll just do it for you and you can call them and say, "Look, I'm going to get so and so to uh sam's trying to get a cookie out of a bag well you mentioned it now so now, yeah, so now you can make your, your rustling noise to get it <laughs> i can just see him i was doing so well you I weren't made any noise well i think it was getting slightly noisier as you were doing it well there was a slight bit of the bag that was like crumpled over right okay. it was all going well until i found the crumpled part that was blocking my entrance yeah. <laughs> um yeah so the, the the thing was then yeah you'd get it handed over and someone else would uh, if you had a good relationship you just say, look, can you do this? Mm -hmm. And trust that on the day, they would be responsible enough to not annoy your customer or try and... Because, you know, on a delivery, sometimes you can upsell something. Yeah, of course. And and that would generally be the thing of, look, I haven't sold them... Garden. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the paint protection <laughs> stuff, which, you know, is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> he says laughing, remembering all the good times that Gardex yeah, provided. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Got a great commission structure on it, I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, but no, it, the like gap insurance, for example, if someone was mm -hmm. a bit on the fence when they bought it, they weren't sure whether they were going to buy it themselves through a third party or through the dealer, and they might walk in and say, "Oh yeah, I'll actually I'll take it." And if you're doing the delivery, the general agreement you'd have with a salesman is, "Look, if I do get any sales off them, additional to what you've already done, then I'm going to keep it." Well, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. And and everyone was Because you are doing them a solid by them not having to come in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, the... It's just interesting that they'd have to dress up smart. Oh, you really stuck with that point, aren't mm. you? Like, you'd think like a branded, like like what I'm wearing, like my work polo uh, shirt. Is this if, a polo shirt? It is a polo shirt. If that's it? what the dealer wears, some dealers wear sort of over, like, for example, if we use a Honda example, you know, you people can sort of imagine in their head what the Honda jacket looks like, sort of mm -hmm. a black and red jacket with Honda emblazoned on it. Uh, if you were fortunate to work enough at a dealer, fortunate enough to work at a dealer that didn't require a suit, just smart trousers and that jacket, you could keep a smart pair of trousers in the boot of your car, mm -hmm. drive into work, chuck your trainers off, put, put shoes on, put smart trousers on, and then just throw that jacket over whatever. The, and when a customer looks at you because it's 39 degrees in July. And you've got a jacket. And you've because got a, underneath you've got a Captain America t-shirt. Exactly <laughs> that, yeah. But that, that would be your way around it. But But... <laughs> At the dealers I've worked at, it's always been suits. That's just been the insistent. Oh, well, new car dealers or mm -hmm. um, specialists ones that I've worked at. Uh, the one I did used as a 18-year-old, we did have a... You had a lovely yellow shirt. Yellow shirts, red jackets <laughs> that were the sweatiest things known to man. They were waterproof ones. Mm. Uh, now, blue fleece 
So what I you could wear, they have a blue fleece as well, and I just used to wear the blue fleece with it sort of zipped up so you couldn't see my yellow shirt. Right, okay. It just, you looked a bit more professional with a blue fleece and a pair of smart trousers than you did in a lemon yellow. Yeah, it was horrific. It was with like a sick, red, sick yellow, wasn't With it? a red tie. Yeah. Um, like you were working for the circus. Or Butlins. The, or fact, the fact that the higher management had come straight out of McDonald's for that and, and genuinely had been recruited yeah. out of McDonald's was not... Uh, <laughs> you, know, you didn't have to be particularly smart to work that one out. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the, the point being that if you're going in and you're sort of insisting on a deal that's almost impossible, what you're saying to a salesman is uh, you're going to earn nothing out of this and I'm going to go to another dealer anyway. And I saw one guy and he had an email chain and right. he hadn't even been bothering to rewrite on the emails. He had been, he got one dealer to email him a deal, emailed it to another dealer, said, can you beat this? Emailed it to another dealer until he got to the point where someone said, you know, I can't. They went back to the other one and they said, I can't. And That's you know, mad. Well, the thing is, there'll always be a dealer that will just take that deal. Mm-hmm. The trouble is, and I think I've said this before on the podcast, if you have a problem with that vehicle, you will... The salesman's forgotten your name. They didn't know your name in the first place. Some people are yeah. comfortable with that. This is why people buy online. You know, they don't care for the dealer. The dealer doesn't care for them. Um, up to you. You know, it, but from my point of view, I'd rather build a bit of a relationship with whoever is selling it. Yeah, of course you would. Not just because you might buy another car from them, but sometimes you may have an issue with a car outside of the strict sort of warranty or whatever it may be, you know, deal if you bought used and they've sort of guaranteed a few different things and then, you know, three months down the line you think, oh, this doesn't seem like they did this, mm-hmm. whatever it may be. That example being when my wife picked up her Seat and they said, well, steam, steam clean the interior. Because for whatever reason, the seats in her car, you drop water on the seats and it stains. Really bizarre. Um, the hand- car's the same as that, though. Is it? Mm. So it must just be the materials they're using. Yeah. Anyway. Um, it just makes quite a horrible stain. It does, yeah. And it's very difficult to get out as well. You have to steam clean, really, to, mm. to get it gone. Uh, so I went in, collected the car, noticed the stain. They'd done all the other work, hadn't done the steam cleaning. Right. So it's like, well, you guys said you were going to do it. Now, if you've ripped a deal to par- apart, the salesman is suddenly busy. And you, yeah. <laughs> and the sales manager is in a meeting, mm-hmm. and you and people can say, "Oh well, I would just scream and shout and stamp my feet." Well, if that's the way you want to do it and and get stressed in your life, I don't like stress. No, shortens your life. That's what I've been told. You know, mm. gives you great hairs. Yeah, you must be really stressed. <laughs> <laughs> you should probably try and calm down a little bit. Um, yeah, just called them and I said, "Look, you haven't done it. Could you come and get the car?" Yeah, uh, at some point, and uh, and they were like, "Oh yeah, no worries," because we'd done a deal. I thought it, I was happy with the deal. The salesman, I knew it left a little bit on the table for him, enough that he was sort of, it was worth his while doing the deal, but and also enough that we got a, a good chunk off. And my partner said she'd have never have done it, she'd have just signed up, because it was within her budget originally. Yeah. But it's like, well, you know, there's a deal to be but done. But then Miles arrived on the scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just like you just build a relationship with people, don't you? Like exactly that. I did with the service manager for Mazda. Yes. For the Mazda, for my partner's Mazda. Yeah. And then when we had to take it back for the same issue again, I'd spent, I was annoyed the first time, mm. but had spent 10 minutes chatting to him, found out what football team he supported, happened to be the same as mine. So we just had a little chat about it, a little joke. And the next time I went in, 
he was available and there and willing to help and said, yep, no worries, that's fine, we'll sort it. We'll give you a courtesy car as well, yep. even though they had no courtesy cars available. Miraculously, suddenly one appears. Yeah, yeah. There's, I'm telling you now, one. There's always a courtesy car. Yeah, there's always. And it was a brand new one, right? It wasn't like the the old banger around the back. Yeah, yeah. And then when I picked it up, he said, for whatever reason, they'd contacted head office at Mazda, and Mazda didn't want to do that particularly. They didn't want to replace the part. There was a a system code that they could enter that should cancel any further. Oh, because it had a a light kept coming up. Yeah. Yeah. But he said, look, this has been noted. If it happens again, please bring it back, and then we can actually replace the part. So. And then you're out of warranty, but you know. But that... I could have gone in and gone, look, this is disgraceful, this is ridiculous. Yeah. And then I, I, the courtesy car wouldn't have been there for a start. <laughs> no, it wouldn't, no. And and also, it would have been, from the dealer point of view, they'll just refer this as a complaint to the manufacturer. Yeah. And the manufacturer, the reason, I know there's a lot of people out there, and I will get back to finance in just a second, but there's a reason why manufacturers don't direct sell. People out there who think they want direct sales from manufacturers <laughs> do not know. Having been on the side of a dealer buying. Uh, lots of cars from a manufacturer because you essentially buy it from them and then you sell it on. That's how yeah. a dealer kind of works with the profit margin in between. But it's a very close relationship. Right. Well, we've had stuff delivered, brand new, and it's been a problem, and the manufacturer is not interested. They're really? like, well, we sent you 20 cars, claim it on your insurance. Really? Well, because we arranged the transport. Okay. So that's it. You, you arrange the transport. It's your transport guys that have messed up. Well, yeah, but we also have an agreement of you know, you're going to deliver a brand new car and you've got, you've had no oversight. We've had to arrange this to come from here, there and everywhere. Yeah. So, you know, maybe a quality control or or leaving the exterior cladding on would have been a better idea. Right. Yeah. Oh okay. yeah. Well, again, you're, you're, you know, they haven't managed it on their end for whatever reason. It's not, I'm not picking on any particular manufacturer there, but there's just a, an issue that can come up. Yeah. And people say, well, I want fixed pricing. Because then I save the dealer margin. And what people don't figure is uh, the price won't get lower. The yeah. price will be what the dealer charges mm-hmm. with no dealer margin, so no chance of a discount. Yeah. And I, so, you know, just, and then when you complain, you'll be part of, you'll be number one of 110,000. <laughs> because the, the dealer sells thousands of cars a day. Sorry, yeah, not the dealer, course. sorry. The manufacturer sells yeah, thousands yeah. of cars a day. The dealer sells a couple. Mm-hmm. Because that one dealer and another dealer and you put them all together and, you know. Yeah, and then you're at where you're at. Yeah. So when it comes to it, my 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 main advice, because there are, of course, always going to be dealers that are trying to uh, make as much as they can. That's the business they're in. Well, of course. That's the whole point of them existing. Yeah. You can't begrudge people trying to make money. No. And the, the, the main it's thing. It's when people get greedy. that It's greed. And it's also if people are put into a deal and they don't really understand it. And I think that's what is there's a risk of at the moment. Especially yeah, which with, my partner was. With her master. That's a really good yeah. uh, example. She's gone in with a part exchange. She's got a good deposit. Yeah. But there's no real guidance as to what the deal should be. No. And so they've basically gone, well, what's your budget? Suddenly, whatever number she then says... They can do, miraculously. Yeah, because it, the number's so high. Yeah. But again, you know, the, the bit of homework I'd always say is, if you're going to go into that dealer, spend five minutes on your phone, have a quick look at the finance example that's online. Yeah. And use that as your she base. She told that when she met me. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> but, you know, this doesn't take any expertise just to do that. Jot them down on your hand or on your phone or whatever and just say, right, okay. So their online example is four grand a month, da- uh, four grand a month deposit, 4,000 pounds deposit, 400 pounds a month. Four I, grand a month deposit? Yeah. I mean, that's a lot. <laughs> what's the, Martin, what's, the, what's the monthly payment? Oh, it's easy. If the deposit Incredible. is four grand a month. But you get a Bugatti Chiron. Okay. Yeah. 
I mean, no, you, know, you, you know it's a big deposit if you're paying the deposit monthly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh, if you if you then get to a point where you walk into the dealer and you say, okay, I know this is what they're advertising, you can then, even if you're not that confident, and I think this is a problem for a lot of people, they're not that confident about what figure is going to move. Well, it's an easy, it's an easy environment to be sort of curtailed into things. Definitely. Yeah. And I think that's why I say, if someone walked in, and I've, customers generally and i'm talking in a general in general terms they didn't try and bargain with you selling a new car what they would do is they'd say what can i have like what deal can you do and the new car deal is usually well there's the car at this price okay yeah there's the you putting your deposit and everything but i'll give you 50 percent off on and then they are the commission extras yeah. that you start to give discounts on so that you still get a bit of commission you're now upselling, mm-hmm. so you make more money. Now the customer will be happy with that because otherwise we, they might have been charged full whack for, yeah. say, uh, the, the paint or the you know the, what was it? You uh, wheel cover and paint yeah, yeah, cover wheel scuff and, cover. Um, yeah, yeah, um, tire cover if you get a puncture, puncture, yeah, you know, repair. It's all the things now. You know, you rent a car. Yeah, there's about fifteen things you can add on. You're like, hey, hold on. I want a car that isn't, you know. And I, I don't think the only thing worth doing is the fuel thing. Some companies offer a thing now where you just pay an amount for fuel and you don't have to fill it up. Oh. So, I think it's sort of a mid-range figure. So you could use a whole tank. Yeah. And oh, you're talking about rentals. And, and your quids in. Yes. Or yeah, you yeah. could use 50, 50 miles. Yeah. And you'd be out of pocket a little bit. But then you'd also don't have to return it with fuel in. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So. And that can be quite a useful thing for people to know. Well, especially when prices are going up and up and up. You might yeah, have I imagine weeks, that price it? might be going up. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, when I used to rent cars in Australia, we'd get quite a few people, especially business people would do that. Yeah. Because it wasn't being charged to them anyway. So mm-hmm. why would they go to the petrol station? It was a bit of a pain for us, but fortunately the petrol station was around the corner. Yeah, so, and it meant you got to drive everything down there. Yeah. <laughs> um, apart from the time they decided to basically lock me there because I had oh, the yeah. wrong, wrong yeah, car. I told yeah. that story. Um, so yeah, what I would say is if you aren't that confident, and you don't really want to do the whole game of what will you what will you take off the price and all this sort of stuff. The easy way is just to get the figures written down and then say, can we get a little bit lower on this payment? Mm-hmm. Because then you're negotiating in tens of pounds, but it yeah. equals thousands. If you're going to have a car for four years and you save twenty pounds a month, that's a thousand pounds. Yeah. So forty pounds a month, that's two thousand pounds. Just just add it up. You know, it's yeah. It's so. Difficult. So instead of you trying to get £2,000 off, sort of saying, okay, there's the figures, which you kind of expected because you've had a quick look before you've walked in. Yeah. Um, and then especially if you go from the view of, and, uh, and I know, again, some people don't want to do this because they, I don't know, reflection on themselves or whatever else. They don't want to say, oh, it's a bit, bit over my budget. That's the most powerful word you can say to a car salesman. Yeah, because they're immediately like, well, we need to either find something that is within your budget or find a way of getting this in your budget or we lose your sale. Yeah, and if they've spent time trying to get you into a particular car and you say, yeah, you know, it's just a little bit over what I can afford. If you say it's way out of my budget, they'll be like, why did you bother bother best driving it? (laughs) Or I've got five pounds a month to spend. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, no. But if, I thought I could just part X my old car for this. Yeah, and it'd be worth a hundred thousand pounds because <laughs> I heard I heard classics are going up, and this is a knackered old course. You know? yeah. Um, but if you go and you sort of say, well, it's you know, I'm just not sure about it. And if it was 
say X figure, then I'd probably be all right with that. But at these figures, yeah, a little bit uncomfortable. What you're saying to a salesman is, I am going to buy a car mm-hmm. if you get this figure. And then the salesman goes to his salesman and says, right, I've got a deal, but I need X, Y, Z. Some people used to come into me and say, what's the best figures you can give me on this car? And the general conversation is, are you looking to buy today or are you just looking for figures? Mm. And I tell you now, if you're just looking for figures, the best figures I can give you are the ones you've already seen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because what's the point? Like, I know some people may hear that and they may think, well, that's a bit standoffish. It's not because no, they're just going to take your figures and go somewhere else and get someone else to beat them. Yeah. And as I said, if you're a salesman, you earn your money solely on the commission or yeah, you might have a small basic. I'll, I'll, I'll tell people the figures. I think the first car sales job I had, my basic salary was uh, £800 a month. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, if you're listening in the US, that's probably today about $1,200 a month. Australia, it's like $1,500 a month. That was my basic. Like, that's what... If I didn't sell any cars, yeah. I got... It's not enough to live on. No, it's not. £800 a month is... Uh, no, you, you couldn't live off that. Now, could I easily make a few thousand pounds on top of that by, you know, with commission? Yes. Yeah. And in fact, you know, some of the guys could make uh, quite a lot more. Um, some, I think, our best... One of the best salesmen at one of the used places I worked at was well over 60 70 thousand pounds a year yeah, but he was mad isn't it <laughs> he was but i mean he was the one of the hardest working people i've ever met he worked six on seven on so like he didn't like having days off so right, he would okay. have like six days have a day off do two weeks of working seven days a week then do six days again see at some point you just don't have time to enjoy your money then though no but he didn't want to he was just one of those people who wanted to work incredibly hard pay off a house yeah. And then sit in it. <laughs> you know? Which is fair. It's fair. And if you know what, if that's what you want to do with your youth is just work 80 yeah. hours a week, have a house and sit in it, I've got to be no fair, problem there's a it. lot to be said for it. Oh, there is. If you, if you worked your whole 20s to mid 30s, yeah. bought a house outright yeah. and paid everything off, you've now then, you... and then had enough money that you could sort of do a part-time job. Yeah, so now you can pay your council tax. You've got a better quality of life for the next 35 years. This is it, yeah. And and some people that's that's and also if you've already got that big hurdle out the way, yeah, you can then look at well, what do I want to do in my career because you don't necessarily you can go an entry level in a different yeah, career if you, you haven't want to. you haven't got certain things to pay. No, and to be honest, I so he, I don't want to give too much information about him because I think it's you know I haven't spoke to him in years and it's a bit unfair. But I'll just say he then went he got recruited at a prestige dealer selling brand new. Um, it was Cars. within, yeah, within the VW group, <laughs> yeah. so you can picture which one that was. And then he went to the sports, went to Porsche. Wow. Okay. Uh, sold them for a while, and then went to the head office. And um, the last I heard of him, he was earning well over a six-figure salary, and he used to get, uh, I think, he had two, he had a brand new Porsche himself, and he, his wife, he got a brand new Audi or something, and that was like every six months, just rolling. So oh, you know, not bad. Paid off for him. Yeah, but if you're talking to someone like that, they they they've gone into this for a reason. Yeah, and when you say give me the best price you can on the day, and I'll think about it, they're like, well, someone else wants to buy. I I just you're wasting my time. Yeah, and I don't want to put it like that, but you know, fair well, enough. no, but it is. <laughs> yeah, you know, it'd be like if you're an accountant and I walked in and I said, could you just run all these figures for me? 
And then I'll decide if I want to use you. Yeah, and then <laughs> you just be like, well, you can employ me. Yeah. Or not. That's that. I say, I don't want to well, make it's it. It's like me going around to someone and saying, saying, right, can you come around and can you mow my lawn and trim all the bushes in the garden? I'll see and what then, the and then, I'll, yeah. and then I'll see if I want to hire you as my gardener going forward. Yes. And you'd be like, so I've got to come and do a day's work. Yeah. And then as you'll a, decide. As an interview. Yes. <laughs> um, which wouldn't be so bad if you had to do it once. Yeah. A year for, for a new job. Yeah. But to do that every single day of your life, you'll never make any money. No. <laughs> so, <laughs> Just constantly getting prospective clients. Yes. <laughs> like, wow, he did a fantastic job. Well, don't need him anymore. <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen, I've got this bloke in today, right? <laughs> yeah. And I asked him if he'd do like an interview work day for me. Yeah. Oh, and then therefore your phone would be ringing off the... <laughs> it would, yeah. <laughs> I think actually this is what some hotels and bars do. Oh, really? They'll get like wait staff in. Yeah. And they say, we'll put you on a seven day trial. Particularly when they're you know, in the busy periods mm-hmm. and try someone up for seven days and then say, oh, it's not working. Yeah. And just, you know, pay them like half salary. Yeah. And they were never employed in the first place. It's so, unfortunate. Oh, it's, you know, but, but the, yeah, this is the problem when you, these everyone, are loopholes that people find. Yeah. It, so. Instead of pay, paying, uh, it's one of the things that frustrates me now is that we've got this whole thing of there's a shortage in all these different hospitality industries. I'm not surprised. They earn, like if, if I had to be in the kitchen, on the hottest day of the year, I want an incredible amount of money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, if I'm earning minimum wage to be in that environment, I don't want to do it. No, that's completely fair. Having done it for six, yeah, seven say, years of my life. Sam, not only you know you worked in bars, you were a chef for a while, like all these yeah. sort of stuff. You, well, I've, done, I've done quite a lot, actually. I was, I was talking to people at work about it the other day, and I've actually yeah. done quite a wide variety of stuff. You have, yeah. And so can you imagine... At reasonably high level. Yeah. And uh, what I'm saying, yeah, can you imagine today if you were earning uh, the minimum wage... Yeah. To go in and do that sort of stuff still. See, I was quite lucky. I got into the the bigger company I used to work you were, for. Yeah, I got yeah. into before all of the, the lower wages were sort of the, the trend, if you like. So I was yeah. on a reasonable wage and because I was already yeah. on it, I never got taken down. I only got taken up. Yes. So but there uh, were people being employed that were on a lot less than I was yeah. doing and the same thing. You just think And you were just thinking, God, I do feel sorry for you, but I'm not gonna say anything because I need my money to live. Yeah, this is a problem, yeah. So that's that's what I would say. Don't you know if the attitude you're going to take in is, um, I'll just ask ten dealers for the lowest price. When people are desperate for for the for the deal, you will get responses because yeah, well, there'll be some dealers that are they just are. gagging to get a car out of the building. Yeah. And as long as you're comfortable, not Mazda. No, <laughs> no, no. As I say, there was uh, several Mazda dealers that did that, and they were insolvent within three years. That's mad. Because they were the the first time they didn't hit that manufacturer bonus. Bear, bear in mind, I say they weren't holding any profit in the deals. The first time they missed the manufacturer bonus, couldn't pay the rent. So All what the happens salaries... to like the finance deals then? Does it just carry on paying and it just ends up going to the manufacturer, obviously? Yeah, unfortunately for everyone hoping that it's dealer-specific. No, 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 I'm yeah, just saying. But um, yeah, it's with the manufacturer. Because I'm assuming the dealer would get some sort of money from a finance deal, would they? They do get... On a monthly sort of thing. If you walk in and get the, the sort of deal that's advertised on the door, if yeah. you like, um, then it's fairly it's fairly fixed as to what commission you can make for it because the APR is fixed, the term is fixed. Mm-hmm. Um, used is a different story. Right. Uh, I, I tell everyone now, used, there's more commissions to be made in finance than there is almost in every case than new because I can't think, Sam, you can have a quick think, of any new car you can buy today that has not got a deal to finance it. No, that's fair. You know, every manufacturer, I mean, maybe Ferrari. 
you know, as a as yeah. an example. But even Bugatti might not be checking too many. Probably not. I don't probably know. not offering many finance deals either. I was <laughs> going to say, I think a lot of people are buying those through businesses. Yeah. <laughs> um, but just as an example, you know, if you even if you finance through Porsche, you're going through a group that's probably got VW finance behind it somewhere. Right. And okay. they want their money back at a reasonable rate, but what they really want to do is sell your Porsche. Yeah. So they're not a bank. You know, they, they don't exist solely to make money off finance. Mm-hmm. There's a few other considerations going into this. So, um, so yeah, from that side of it, uh, yeah, as I said, those, those dealers, they were out of business within three years. The, the worst thing is that, obviously, they were always replaced by another one. With the same sort of ethos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, it happened at the de- when I started working at a dealer. They the previous dealer group had gone bust. Yeah. The dealer then I the the group that I went to work for, uh, they were skeleton staff. That's how they worked their dealers. Okay. There was not a single person there that didn't have two things to do. Really? Yeah. Like for example, <laughs> it was the first time in my life I had to actually deal with finance. Oh, okay. Which is where I learned all of this because prior to that I was a salesman and a salesman only. And then I handed over. Yeah, you pass it off to somebody else. Really. Yes. So I, I put the deal together, but then I would hand it on to a business manager who would be your specialist who would deal with, you know, going into the nitty gritty of it and trying to upsell finance products and everything else. Yeah. When I worked at that dealer, they couldn't afford it. Simple as. So if you want to work here, you need to be able to do the finance and the sale. Well, I mean, you were also doing like uh, landscaping. Yeah, I was putting yep. those two uh, flagpoles. Yep, still up though, aren't they? They are still standing, <laughs> Sam. <laughs> Thanks to a bit of advice from your uh, manual friends. Exactly, yeah. How do I put a flagpole in the ground? Why do you want to know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the second part of this is, as I say, the, the main thing you want to do when it's new, when there's a deal written on the door, look at that finance payment because that's really, apart from your part exchange, that's where the dealer's going to have to start moving into what would be referred to as the meat of the deal or the profit of the deal yeah and start to cut some of that back to get your business if you walk in saying i want x amount off the the list price then there can be a bit of smoke and mirrors of well what about if we take two thousand off the car but a thousand of that is deposit contribution the other thousand is this and we'll give you x amount for your car and all they've done is taking some money out of the part exchange they're using deposit contribution it just they muddy the water quite quickly yeah so get the finance deal put out in front of you and then start to negotiate on that payment once you see all the figures. That's my tip for that one. Used, used, uh, Sam, I told you this before we started doing this podcast and how about how important it is on APR. Yeah. And the main reason for that is because in a new car, it's fixed by, usually, usually, it's fixed by the manufacturer mm-hmm. what you're going to charge. Um. I've known dealers to go through a different finance broker to you know, put up the APR and make more money on new, but it's not that common. Okay. Used, if you walk in and you say, I want £3,000 off a car. Yeah. And you get it. But the, the term is, we'll do it if you take finance with us because we can make commission. Yeah. And then you get charged a 25% APR rate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just as an example. Uh, you're going to pay... All of your discount in APR and yeah, and easily. then some. Yeah. Yeah. So what I'm saying is you're, you're going to end up worse off than if you'd walked in and said, overall, you know, I want a low APR and I want to take some money off the list price. And if you work with that, if you make it clear that the figures you're going to look at in this deal yeah. is the APR number mm-hmm. and the list price, 
you really are taking two of the big levers away from the dealer. Because, you know, so you can fiddle those as much as you want. Uh, it's awful, but it's just how the trade works. I mean, I remember the the um, the system used to be, you know, you always quote a figure, get an agreement on it, and then try and sell your uplifts, your optional extras. And if someone was sort of, no, I can't do it, uh, say, well, what about if I could do it for X amount a month, £10 a month, £5 a month, £20 yeah. a month, when in fact it would normally be £40 a month. And what will happen is the APR rates, because they've started high and you've agreed to a high, they'll then chip down the APR rate a little bit okay, so that you get charged a little bit less interest, but the full whack for the extras. Right. And of course, then it only to you looks like £20 extra a month. But, you know. But yeah, that's, that's what you've saved originally. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So you're just going, it's six of one half and does it with the other. You're better off just to understand from the very first point. If it's a £10,000 car, and you can get it for nine and a half thousand pounds. Yeah. And their standard figure they quote everyone at is twelve percent APR, and you can get it at nine percent APR. Now you're saving money. Yeah. And it, and it's very difficult for them to sort of go well and hide that because it's like well those are the two figures I'm going to stare at. The only thing they can really do is try and mess around with your pass exchange, if you've got one. Yes. And of course, that's written in front of you what they're going to give you for your yeah. car. So it's very <laughs> yeah. difficult to. I have had that. Um, where someone got paid one pound for their, so a sales manager has a trade account, yeah, because they send part exchanges off to auction, and so they'll have a trade account and they have to be positive to earn their bonus, yeah, or their bonus for trade cars or whatever else, and so if they make a load of losses on part exchanges, just because you know maybe it was the wrong people in the in the uh, auction on the day or whatever else it may be, the so they, what they'll try and do is then get a few pass exchanges in for cheap. Right. Okay. And I had this uh, very nice customer and he said, I don't care how you <laughs> stack this deal up. And he knew exactly what he wanted. And it was a, it, you know, he was not stupid. He, he knew what he wanted. And he, as I say, he, he just said, I don't care how you stack it up. And he had quite a nice car. It's like a BMW 330 something. Yeah. And uh, I said, I've got the figure you wanted. And that was, normally we go through the whole thing. And I said, but I'm going to just give you to the business manager. This was when I was doing used. So I've got the figure you wanted. And he said, well, how did you break it down? And I said, I said, I, I don't know. <laughs> and I genuinely just said to him, I don't know. And he came and found me afterwards. He said, you gave me a quid for my part exchange. And I was mortified. <laughs> and, he, and he said, don't worry, though. You gave me um, like £4,000 off the car. So it's all, you know, basically, right, okay, instead of giving yeah, him yeah. £4,000 for his car, yeah. we gave him £1 and took £4,000 off the list price because that okay. had, you know, for whatever reason, they could do that discount. Mm-hmm. And the sales manager could then recover his trade account. Now, if the general manager found out he'd done that, <laughs> there'd have been fireworks. Yeah. But um, as I said, he didn't care how it was stacked up. And he said to me after, he said, oh, no, I don't have any hard feelings. He said, you got me. You know, I told you I wanted to pay, let's say, 250 a month. And I wanted to put a thousand pounds down. And, I've, you know, that you got that on a car and I didn't think you'd get it. And I said, well, you know, maybe if you'd been looking at a different car, we wouldn't have had enough profit in it. We couldn't have done it. He said, well, he said, as I told you, I don't care. Yeah. He said, I've got, I'm walking out with the figures I want. And so, you know, those are the ones you really need to concentrate on. The other thing I just want to mention is that with interest rates going up, you will hear dealers say to you now, well, interest rates have gone up. Okay. They're not up that high. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're up considerable from where they have been, but they've been 
basically at nothing. Right, okay, yeah. So you you got a figure of zero, and then you go to a figure yeah, of one. Not, there's not a lot of where else you can go. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, so just be a bit careful if dealers are saying, oh, well, you know, oh, interest rates are up, so we have to, we've got to put our fees right up. Because <laughs> that's a, a classic one that um, when I was working, it was coming out of the recession. So I think it was going the other way. I think interest rates were on their way down constantly. Mm-hmm. And they, do you know, it was a lot like petrol prices, Sam. It was, uh, <laughs> yeah. it, it's, it's up like a rocket, down like a feather. Yes. So as the rates were dropping, the used place that I then left and went to a main dealer, they carried on charging those high APRs as right. the rate dropped for as long as they could. Okay, of course. Because as the, the bank rate's dropping, their profit's just increasing. Yes. To keep the, the APR the same. And if, and for a lot of people who'd walked in, they got a deal three years ago, they walk in, they've been shown the same APR, they're kind of happy with that. It was good last time. They, they're happy with the amount of interest they paid. But of course, this time, they could have got it even cheaper. But they yeah. didn't. So there's just a few things to be aware of. Let's say, if it's new, a little bit of homework, see what the standard figure online is, and then aim for a little bit lower, something you're comfortable with, and maybe you'll get some optional extras or something and you'll pay the figure that you found online, but you get a lot of extras. Mm-hmm. Or you'll get a lower overall figure, win-win for you. If it's used, you know, that APR can make such a huge difference. It's really where you want to concentrate your efforts. Um, and of course, you know, the part exchange and the, the car itself also figure in. But there's a lot of smoke and mirrors and people try and muddy the waters. Yeah, it's just trying to focus on the things that you've mentioned. Yeah, exactly. And not that. let them take you around in circles. And unfortunately, as I say, you might go to some places and they're great. And some yeah. places really have been. But um, it's the same as anything. It's always a bad few. This is the this is the experiences. Problem. I mean, Sam has been there with me when I've walked into places, been straight and honest that I've worked, you know, I, either I've worked in or have previously worked in uh, car sales. I know what deals are available yeah. like on the back end. You know, because I know the finance company they're using, blah, blah, blah. Um, I know what the, the value of the car is according to their system. And I've been reasonable. Yeah. And they've still tried to rip me off. Yeah. I've gone, well, no, I'm not buying this now. Yeah, we'll go somewhere else. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and then other places who are just nodding along and they're like, oh, yeah, well, yeah, it's been great to deal with. Um, wanted the business. Didn't want to lose everything. Yeah. Uh, which is fair enough. You know, obviously you don't want to hand away uh, all of the money that you get for turning up at your job exactly um and i've had one or two times where people have been honest with me and they said look you know maybe on a different day we could do it we can't do it today and then it's down to me to decide is that particular car worth really it? worth the the hassle yeah yeah if you like a, you know i really want this particular car in white with this you know, spec yeah, yeah you know i want them with full leather they're very rare with full leather then you're going to have to accept you're going to yeah. Be a little bit, but again, uh, just a bit of car buying advice. Don't walk in. Yeah. Say, oh, I've been looking Don't for an ounce. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, unless you're, at, say, a specialist and they know what they've got, because yeah, of course. It, then it's obvious. You know, it, it, then there's no secret to this. If you're interested in that one, yeah. you could have gone <laughs> to the other five, but you've gone for this one. So, <laughs> But be flexible, but vigilant. Exactly that. Anything else, Sam, for this one? Uh, I don't think I've got anything to add. No? Sure. No. Not, Sam, I'm not a car finance guru. I thought I thought Sam the, fin- the car finance guru was going to appear. <laughs> yeah, just appear out of nowhere. Genie in a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I hope that's been uh, helpful, guys. If um, 
if you do have any questions sorry i know we have listener questions and i haven't got to them for the last couple of episodes but um we will put them in future podcasts Mm -hmm. um it's just been after that audio failure we've been trying to sort of catch our tail (laughs) with some of the content that we wanted to do so that's all i don't want to be late you know like for this podcast i don't want it to be so far down the road that people thought oh i could have really done with hearing that a couple of weeks ago yeah especially coming up to september yes (laughs) particularly now because people will be looking for their next new car yeah so uh well once again thanks for listening everyone um if you haven't already checked it out we've got the miles driven youtube we also do have a website which i've neglected to mention for the last few podcasts youtube 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 YouTube. that's very difficult to say very quickly three times (laughs) one thing i will uh, just announce on the website i think we're going to stop doing the formula one race reports oh okay um i enjoy doing them they the the problem is that we there's a lot of formula one media out there yeah and as we can do an update on the podcast between myself and sam yeah and for me to be writing them out, let's say we it's do just have, taking up time that we don't really have necessarily. This is the problem, and also uh, we've we've got to a point with it where let's say we do the the podcast updates and people listen to that and we get feedback of they listen to it, but I, I don't get any feedback saying that people have read it. Yeah, I can see on the analytics that a few people attempted over, but to be honest, it's not. There's enough, you know, it's it, not worth the time. No, and and so. it's a shame because I've actually I actually do enjoy doing them, but. When they take a couple of hours to to create, yeah, and then you get maybe one or two people looking at them. Yeah, you know, people are just sort of drifting over from other bits of the site, and they're like, "Oh, that's a bit interesting," but it's not really added anything to their experience. Yeah. It's like we could actually have that page um, for our YouTube videos, for example. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and and just put somewhere else that people would be more aware of the other stuff we're doing, rather than here's what happened during this race. And lots of people say, well, we're not interested in motorsport. Yeah. The the idea fair. was that it's not actually specifically F1. It is motorsport of all kinds. Yeah. So originally we were going to do rallying and Le Mans, but there's not enough hours in the day. So no. <laughs> no. As Sam regularly tells me, well, there's yeah, not enough hours in the day. Well, yeah, such a busy man. So <laughs> just as an announcement out there, I don't know when we'll, we'll close it off, but um, yeah, it will just transfer over to sort of a videos page, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's it. So, yeah, uh, if you want to message us, it's Instagram for me, it's Facebook for Sam, it's The Miles Driven. Otherwise, um, have a great time. Until the next time you listen to us, I would imagine you'll be enjoying the sun. Yeah. Or it'll be a heat wave where you are and you're told not to enjoy the sun and, yes. and sit under the tra- uh, shade <laughs> of a tree. Indeed. See you, everyone. See ya.